group experience is a new and refreshing way for you, your friends, or your family to travel. Check the show notes to learn more. What is going on? This is Stevie G, and you are listening to DBE, the podcast designed for students of travel. No matter where you're listening, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, thank you so much for tuning in. You can also listen by visiting groupexperience.com, the official home of the Destinations Beyond Expectations podcast. Make sure to follow Destinations Beyond Expectations and Group Experience on social media so you can stay up to date with everything travel. Trying to decide where to take your next weekend trip? Well, good news, DBE has you covered. My friend Anne LaRue, make sure to give her a follow on Instagram at travel underscore anywhere, joins the show today, and Anne had a great idea for us to talk about some destinations you might want to consider visiting on your next weekend trip. Anne and I each pick three cities we believe might make a great two to three day trip, and we highlight some of our favorite things to do in those cities. Hopefully you'll enjoy learning a lot more about these six great destinations, and maybe, just maybe, it'll inspire you to plan your next weekend adventure. I had a blast talking to Anne about travel as always, so let's get to the show as Anne and I give you our six picks for a weekend trip. Okay, Anne, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations. Actually, welcome back to Destinations Beyond Expectations because you are a friend of the show and it's so great to have you back on. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be back on and I'm excited to be partnering with you tonight and I can't wait to get into it. And I have to give you a lot of credit and I want the listeners to know this. Like we were supposed to record this a different time, but I was having technical difficulties on my end. And so you were super flexible about rescheduling an interview. So you are a legend and I appreciate you for that. (laughs) Happy to do it. I'm happy that you were flexible also. So you and I were bouncing back some ideas um, for like topics to talk about for an episode. And you came up with a really great idea. Do you want to like explain it maybe a little bit? sure um so i was just thinking you know you're always doing the interviewing and you know it's awesome and you ask really great questions but i was kind of thinking that it would be interesting to hear some of your point of views from your trips and you know we kind of were talking about choosing you know a trip that we both had been on that sort of thing but after kind of comparing the cities and you know that we'd both been to we kind of figured out that maybe we each had different points of view. I maybe was traveling not necessarily for fun, but maybe for business or something like that. And then maybe you had done the opposite. So then I was kind of thinking, hey, maybe we each pick three cities. Uh, You came up with the name pick six or choose six. And um, maybe we each come up with three cities, um, maybe weekend trips that you could take that are in the U.S. Obviously, you know, with COVID and everything, making international or that makes international travel a little bit more difficult but we each kind of talked about how these three cities we um, both chose were ones that we went to pretty much in the last year so definitely you know able to travel these places safely and both had great experiences from what it sounds like yeah i love it and i'm really looking forward to this because you know if you listen to this episode it might kind of spark a trip for you like it might be a you'll hear one of these destinations that we talk about and it'll inspire you to take maybe a weekend trip. Or if you're just, you know, you're thinking about where can I take a weekend trip? Well, here's some good ideas. So let's, let's get into it. Well, we each picked three, like you, you had mentioned, and why don't you start with your first destination, which is where you went to school, Louisville. 
Yes, definitely excited to talk about it. I think it's a very underrated city. So thanks for that intro. And um, so, yes, you're correct. I went to uh, college and grad school at um, the University of Louisville in Louisville, Kentucky. You know, when I first went up there, being from Florida, definitely like this is a way different city than and state that I'm used to. But I learned to absolutely love it. I definitely call it my old Kentucky home, which is actually um, a classic song that they have out of the out of the state. So definitely love talking about it. Um, I was actually there just a couple of weeks ago for a wedding from a friend that I met in Louisville. So definitely an awesome place to um, reunite with people. But yeah, I just thought I would kind of give you the highlights and just sort of talk about things that, um, you know, if I was, it was my first time going to the city, maybe I wasn't a student or going for a wedding, but just wanted to go to and explore um, where I would go. So I do have a list of them and I'll rattle them off a little bit and then maybe say my favorites and also want to make sure you know that Louisville is a huge foodie city. So definitely want to rattle off a couple of those, you know, favorite spots to go eat So first of all, I'd like to talk about the Kentucky Derby. So um, many of you probably have heard of the Kentucky Derby. Um, It's one of the most famous horse races um, in the country, in the world. And it's actually run right by the campus in Louisville. So every year uh, we got to go to the Kentucky Derby, one of the most amazing sporting events that I've been to. It attracts three times as many people that go to the Super Bowl, which is kind of a fun fact there for you. Um, And it's ran at Churchill Downs. And so, you know, you can actually go and watch horse racing on, you know, evenings. They have, you know, dollar beer nights and um, something called Downs After Dark where they have food trucks or bands and and they're all playing under the lights and get to watch horse racing. So really great place. They have an awesome museum there as well. Um, So definitely that's one of the one of the key uh, key attractions to go to. And then also we have the Louisville Slugger Museum. If you're a baseball fan, I'm sure you know that a Louisville Slugger is um, <laughs> a quite a very popular bat of choice of baseball players. And the factory is right downtown. It's a really cool um, museum and factory and uh, definitely, definitely a good place to go. And then right across the street, you have the Muhammad Ali Center. So lots of history, awesome museum. There's many really cool museums. Um, in uh, in Louisville, so would definitely recommend that. And then as far as just kind of exploring, um, definitely would always recommend, um, you know, there's a lot of great uh, streets to go shopping down. You know, I'm a girl, I love to go shopping, you know, pop into markets, kind of just walk around, explore, go down the different streets. Um, And that's in an area called Nulu, um, New Louisville. And so that's a really, you know, up and coming area close to downtown. Um, And right near that, there's also something called the Walking Bridge. The Walking Bridge connects Kentucky to Indiana. And so you can actually walk across it and see both um, states in in the same view. So that was pretty cool always to go over that. You can go as a workout or for fun, to take a video, take a picture, et cetera. So definitely would recommend doing that. Other than that, Louisville's a big sports city. So, you know, Catch a football game, a basketball game, a soccer game, etc. Definitely a great place to watch all of those uh, sporting events. Maybe at the, you know, not at the professional level, but at the college level. Okay, quick question. So on race day, can you kind of describe that to me? What is that like? I mean, because the Kentucky Derby is such a a huge deal. That's televised. Like everyone sees it in the country. What's it like actually in Louisville? Does the city shut down or is it like a party? Like, I guess, tell me more about that. All of the above, seriously. Like 
when I was in college, school finishes before the Derby. So the Derby is run the first weekend of May every year. And so, I mean, college and high school and elementary school, everything would be closed that week before Derby. So everyone would have off for that. They'd be able to go. Um, the whole city has like a complete just Derby festival, like the whole month leading up to it. So there's concerts and there's, um, you know, food trucks and events and um, uh galas and all of this um that you can go to and it's just a huge celebration for so long and you know attracting so many different people my last year there i lived right by um the regional airport so i heard for about 24 hours straight just private jets just flying in and landing like just for hours on end because so many people come in for it so you know from a college point of view um, definitely a big party for sure. Um, a lot of the fraternity houses would just kind of open up their porches and the street in front of them would be all, you know, cops would be everywhere making sure everyone was safe. But then you would just walk to the track. It was a quick and easy walk. And, um, you know, on, on TV growing up, I always thought it was in the middle of these rolling hills, these beautiful, you know, bluegrass hills and everything. But, Honestly, it's right there in the middle of in the middle of town. There's a Kroger right next to it, and um, <laughs> you can totally walk there from campus. So definitely, you know, once I got there, a different experience than I was expecting, but it was just a blast. And you know, whether you're on a college budget and you're in the infield and sliding down the the muddy slopes after it's rained all day, or if you're up in Millionaires Row, um, you definitely have an amazing experience. And then another question I had about the museum. Because I've never been, but I've heard that museum is really great. And is it true that like there's an option or maybe you get this with admission, but you can actually walk the Kentucky Derby or is that like a tour? Do you know about that? Yeah. So I believe there is a tour where you can go onto the track. Um, I haven't done that um, necessarily, but there is a, um, a tour that goes around the grounds and you can go down and usually you can see the horses practicing. So they also have a really cool 360 degree screen. Um, so it's kind of like a, you go into this dark cinema like room and you stand in the middle of this 360 degree screen and it shows you kind of from start to finish what a typical day would be like for um, the Kentucky Derby. So it starts off with the horses, you know, getting fed and, um, you know, getting groomed and the trainers coming and the jockeys coming. And it's just, I mean, literal goosebumps. I've seen it probably two or three times and it is one of the most um, like amazing start to finish films, you know, short films. And um, it really gives you those chills because it's such an amazing experience if you've been there. So that's actually a really cool, a cool thing to experience. And you also said Louisville has some really cool, like it's a foodie town, so they have some good places to eat, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, so I mean, if you want um, Mexican, I'm a huge fan of Taco Luchador, um, really good place. Um, I just went to a new one recently called Agave and Rye. Awesome tacos, both of those places. Um, As far as pizza, there's some really good pizza restaurants. Post Pizza is a really good one that we used to get in college. Um, you know, Italian, if you go to Frankfurt Avenue, they have a couple of really nice Italian restaurants, um, you know, and as far as, you know, the nightlife scene, definitely lots of different areas um, around to, uh, to get to dabble in that as well. 
um, you know, just great, even great seafood. They have great barbecue because, you know, we're in, we're in the South. And um, so Feast Barbecue and Doc Crows, those are a couple that come to mind. But again, you can't really go wrong with anywhere. The rest I'll leave to uh, you all to explore. Um, definitely a huge fan of Louisville. Love going back. Um, can't wait for my next trip. But now I'm interested to hear from you, Stevie, about Buffalo, New York. Yeah, so Buffalo is great. I have family in Buffalo, so I've been there a handful of times. And um, what I really love about it mostly is just like the people. So nice. Like Western people from Western New York just have that really friendly vibe to them. Um, And I think a lot of people sort of in the same way people view Cleveland to me, they look at Buffalo and think it's like blue collar industrial. And of course, that's in the fabric of Buffalo. But it's also a really vibrant and youthful city at the same time when you when you kind of put those two things together. It makes for a really unique place to visit. So I'll get into a few things like you did for Louisville that I probably would recommend that you do if you're going to check out Buffalo. Number one, I would say check out an area called Canal Side, which is 21 acres of historic waterfront property in the downtown Buffalo area. So it's really like kind of the heart of the city. They have a lot of events there each year and there's a lot of things to do in that area as far as restaurants, bars. It's not far from where the Buffalo Sabres play. Um, in particular, one place I, I really love in Canal Side is the Buffalo and Erie County Naval and Military Park, um, which is a really neat place to go if you want to learn more about military history. You can actually step on like a, a few ships there. They have the USS The Sullivans, the USS Little Rock, and the USS Croker, and you can learn all about those ships and different bits of history while you're there. So that is a really, really cool experience. Buffalo is also, they have a really booming and upcoming brewery scene. Like they really know how to do beer in Buffalo, which I love because I love beer. Um, And so last time I actually got to stop by two breweries and I'll drop those names real quick. Um, I'll start with the Labatt Brew House. And I don't, do you, have you ever heard of that brand Labatt? I have. I think actually like pretty recently too. I don't, I don't think it was you who even told me, but I have heard it recently. So yeah, tell me about it. Cause I, I love breweries myself. So, so it's really neat. So Labatt is actually like a big brand, but they're from Canada, right? Sort of, I guess you could kind of put them in the same tier as like a Bud Light, like a nice light drinkable beer. Um, but the Labatt brew house really isn't that at all. It's almost like the Starbucks roastery, reserve roastery in Chicago. I don't know if you've been there or not, but as you go up the levels, um, and it's not nearly as big and it doesn't have the five stories like the one in Chicago, but it's like they do a lot of experimental stuff. So they're doing more um, test batch, like they have different IPAs and different smaller batch craft brews, if stouts. Um, it's not just that lager that everyone thinks of when they think of Labatt. So that is really cool because you can kind of try what they're testing out and what's a little bit different than their go-to beer. Another uh, brewery that I really loved that I went to last time was Resurgence Brewing Company. It's a really, really cool space. It kind of has those industrial vibes to it, but yet it's kind of really modern. Um, and it really kind of takes on the personality of the city. When I walked in there, you know, everyone was so nice and the beer was so good. Just really liked the vibes and the beer selection was fantastic. So definitely hit up Resurgence Brewing Company, um, Labatt Brewhouse, or any of the other fantastic breweries around Buffalo. 
That's awesome. Were there any um, that you missed that you wish you wanted to, or wish that you had gone to, or that will that you will next time? So, like off the top of my head, I don't know of any. Like, but I I do know that there's a lot. There's a lot of different options, and I'm sure that I could find a different one, and it would be just wonderful because. Like I said, their brewery scene's like booming. It's upcoming and it's, um, they're, they really know how to do beer in Buffalo. So I can't wait to visit my next one for sure. Um, another thing I definitely recommend, and you like sports, so I think this would, you would enjoy this, Anne, but go to a Buffalo Bills game if you're there during football season. A lot of people have heard about Bills Mafia, the passionate fan base, and they are awesome. It is really cool to go to a tailgate. Some of the crazy stuff like that you hear about does happen, like the the breaking tables, but you can just go out there and have a good time. And um, there's tailgates that aren't that intense and crazy. If you just want to, you know, have some friendly conversation and enjoy a few brews and sip and um, eat some burgers and dogs and just have a good time. And then what's cool is like, it's not just the tailgate atmosphere. That's so amazing. The fans really bring it into the stadium and the stadium is a little unique because it's not like the most high-tech, up-to-date, modern stadium. It is kind of older and sort of takes on that part of Buffalo, the industrial, like, blue-collar, you know, section of Buffalo. But it almost the fans make it like a home-field advantage. And it's, it's really cool to be there. Um, I love going to a game, and I would definitely recommend it to anybody else. Awesome. Yeah. I think that would be a great bucket list item to check off by going to one for sure. For sure. Absolutely. And I'll talk about one more thing before we uh, transition back to you. Obviously like Niagara Falls is pretty close to Buffalo and especially for someone who's going to visit for the first time, I would definitely recommend popping over to check out the falls. Um, It's really cool. And there's a lot of things you can do. I, whenever I go, I typically like walking around and kind of just taking pictures and looking at the falls, but you can also do things like hop aboard the Maid of the Mist, which is like a boat that goes down at the bottom of the falls. So you can see it from a really unique perspective. And I definitely recommend popping over to the Canadian side if you have time as well, because there's a lot of cool things to do there. Uh, One more thing that I think a lot of people miss when they go to Niagara Falls that I just wanted to quickly mention is hiking the Niagara uh, Gorge. So this is a little bit down from the falls, but what it is, it's uh, several different trails that you can actually hike along the Niagara River, and it's really beautiful. It's not too intense from a hiking perspective, but you'll get really beautiful views, and it's dog-friendly, and it's just, it's a great way to get some extra steps in on vacation. And so many people are at the falls, but I feel like the Niagara Gorge and hiking that area is just a hidden gem that's not too far down the road. So definitely do some research there. If you're going to visit the falls, I definitely recommend you um, look at the trails and see if you can maybe hike one of the shorter ones. Or if you're feeling it, uh, feeling bold, go ahead and hike one of the longer trails. It's really beautiful. And uh, yeah, definitely recommend it. That sounds awesome. I love hiking on vacation. I'm one of those crazy active vacationers. So um, definitely would take you up on that because I I think that that would be an awesome different point of view. And I was going to also ask you about if you went to the Canadian side. So you check that off too, but very cool. So my last question for you on Buffalo, what time of the year have you gone there? So, cause it gets pretty cold there, right? I mean, it's, it's known to be pretty cold up there. Yeah. So this is really interesting. Usually I've like 
as a kid on summer vacation growing up, I would go during the summer uh, because that's the time that lines up for all the, the family to kind of get together and, you know, hang out. The last time I went to Buffalo was in December and almost, and it was almost into January. And that made, it was a whole new experience for me. Um, it was cold, but I also kind of liked it. Um, it wasn't too bad. I, I lucked out. I was there on kind of a milder portion of the winter, but I, I think just because it's not in season doesn't mean you should go somewhere. There's a lot of neat things that you might experience out of season. And so I really enjoyed my time in the winter, but I can tell you this, the summers are, and the falls too, just absolutely beautiful up in Buffalo. That's awesome. Yeah. I always, I always was, I always am curious about um, going places, like you said, in the off season, but I agree. I mean, I actually choose to go. So, I mean, that's why people go on ski vacations because they want to go and see that, you know, get away from the Florida heat in the, in the middle of the winter. So that's, that's why we escape that. So that's really cool. It's awesome to hear. It sounds like a great destination, no matter if you have family or not there. Absolutely. So what is on your list next? Yes. So I have Charlotte, North Carolina next. Um, I was there last November. So, um, you know, just getting into uh, getting into fall. Really, really awesome weekend trip. Just did it Friday night after work to Sunday, you know, Sunday night flew home. And so, you know, quick 48 hour trip. Uh, that's kind of kind of my specialty at this point because I'm very strategic with my PTO. But yeah, it was it was a really great city. Um, I was going up there to visit some friends. I had a friend come and meet me. So um, definitely, you know, a, a wonderful place to reunite with people because there's a lot to do. So, you know, the first night we got there, I landed and my friend and I went to this really cool rooftop place. Um, it was called Merchant and Trade and they had really amazing food, great drinks and an awesome view of Charlotte. I love going to rooftops. Those are it's probably my, my favorite thing to do when I go travel because you get to see the whole city and get it from a different point of view. So definitely would recommend um, doing that because it has, it has a really nice skyline and uh, a, an awesome view. So um, great vibes all around. Um, <laughs> but the next day we met up um, with some friends and we went brewery hopping. So sounds like we have that in common for sure. And um, yes. Charlotte is really cool because they have actually a bike path that kind of cuts through the whole city. The name is escaping me, but um, they have the those uh, electric scooters as well. So we definitely took those to the breweries. I didn't think it was safe to be driving them after the breweries, but, um, but we got to go to a couple along that path, which is really, you know, it's a neat place to see other people, you know, enjoying the weather, the fall weather and doing the same thing as you. So the first brewery we went to is called Suffolk punch um really cool place um lots of outside seating obviously again this was still during covid so we appreciated that um a bunch of uh picnic tables awesome food like not brewery food like it was really good um and uh you know just again great vibes great atmosphere um we all got to kind of catch up and then we went to the next one called sycamore brewing really liked this one they had a live band played awesome music. Everyone had kind of, um, they had like Jenga and cards on the tables. Again, a bunch of outside, you know, um, chairs and uh, tables to sit at. And it was just really, really nice. Um, a great atmosphere um, for a second stop. 
Then we went to a couple others, um, the Wooden Robot, which is, I think, a really cool name. They had this really awesome coffee-flavored beer, which was definitely unique, and I really liked it at that point of the day because we were still going, so <laughs> um, we won't talk only about breweries, I, I promise, during <laughs> this whole podcast, but, um, but yeah, so it's a really great day, um, and it was actually kind of funny because my one of my friends I was with, she works for um, Red Bull. And so she actually had to go and check out a few places. So we got to go and try Red Bull at a lot of different places. So it was, you know, that was kind of fun. We got that we got that going for us. And I, uh, I got to hand them out, you know, and said, Hey, I'll, I'll give you a Red Bull if you uh, buy me a drink. And so it was a pretty good move, honestly. So uh, that night, we went to a really amazing restaurant called Stir Charlotte, really modern, amazing food um super good after a long day um so that was definitely um a highlight and then the next day we woke up early and we went to the 7th street public market so this is kind of an indoor market um they have you know some little pop-up shops where you can buy some um you know charlotte local products and um they have a bunch of little pop-ups they had an acai stand and they had a coffee stand really amazing coffee probably one of the best oat milk lattes I've ever had so just I I just love going to markets anywhere I go I try to always do a weekend market somewhere whether it's in Europe or in the U.S. I just think it's a great way to see the local um, handmade goods and also try the local food so that was kind of the way that we sort of ended our um (laughs) ended our uh trip by going to that which was really cool um a couple of the things that i would recommend doing even though i didn't get to experience them on my trip um was going to uh carolina panthers game those games look awesome they look like a great party like you were talking about with the bills games um definitely think that that would be something to look into another thing and kind of going along with what you were talking about in buffalo as well um there is a hike that's pretty popular and very close to charlotte that you can drive to called crowder's mountain state park and so um if you're wanting to get your hike fix in definitely um go check that out from what i can see in the pictures the views are awesome we just ran out of time honestly (laughs) so you ran out of time but was what was interesting to me is when we were talking off air you were telling me like you went there what Friday to Sunday and you said that you accomplished a lot and that was like a really good time to explore Charlotte. So, I mean, definitely it sounds like a great weekend trip. And also, I mean, isn't, I think it's American airlines. There's a hub in Charlotte. So if you're looking to fly in, um, you probably might get a good flight deal. Oh yeah. It was, that was kind of the big deciding factor. I actually booked it only a couple of weeks before I went because yeah, I think I got a round trip on American, I think it was American for maybe $60 or something out of Orlando. I mean, really great. And um, we use points for a hotel. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a doable, you know, trip to make. So yeah. Um, but enough about Charlotte, let's move on. Um, pretty close to Charlotte in the same region. You're going to talk about Gatlinburg, which I'm excited to hear about because I have yet to go there. So Yes, and I love Gatlinburg. The whole that whole area of Eastern Tennessee is really nice because you can do sort of the city town experience in Gatlinburg, where you have the fun shopping, you have the attractions and the dinner shows, which I'll get into a little bit. But you also have that nature aspect um, because right next door is the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and I guess I'll start there. Why not? So the Great Smoky Mountain National Park is actually the most visited park in the country. 
by a, actually a, a huge margin. So millions of mil- like millions of people visit the park every single year. It's really nice. Gatlinburg goes right up to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and I definitely recommend you know driving through the park if you have some time. Um, there's just phenomenal views of the mountains and hills around that you can get on your drive. And there's plenty of unique wildlife. Um, so don't be surprised if you see black bear. I was fortunate enough to see black bear on my last time, um, in that area. Um, there's also coyotes and there's even elk in the park. Uh, so if you get lucky, you might see one of those too. Um, definitely recommend stopping by one of the visitor centers. You can learn a lot more about the park and its history and the wildlife, and they do a great job of kind of showcasing what's in the park and educating you about the wildlife around. Going back into Gatlinburg, which, like I mentioned, is right uh, next to the National Park, it is a really unique town. They have a lot of fun shopping to do, a few distilleries, uh, great restaurants, um, very family-friendly Uh, They have the Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies there, which is a great stop for kids. So there's really a lot to do for all ages. One of my favorite things to do in Gatlinburg is to visit a place called Anakista. Now here's how Anakista works. You start at the bottom of a mountain and you take a ski lift up to the top. Um, If you're afraid of skis, you can actually take one of their vehicles called a Ridge Rambler to get up there. And when you get to the top, you are arriving at like a village. So there's plenty of shopping, dining, um, and some attractions to do too. Like you can do zip lining, uh, ride their mountain coaster, which I had a blast doing. And it's just a really great way to spend some time. It is a great place to visit at any time of the day. I think my favorite time to visit would be in the evenings because you can catch some really beautiful views of the mountains and hills and downtown Gatlinburg below you too. So that is a Uh, something I would put high on my list of things to do. So another thing that the area of where Gatlinburg is is kind of known for is their shows. Right down the road is a town called Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and they have plenty of shows and dinner shows. So if you're looking for some good entertainment, head that way. A couple shows that I'll just mention two of my favorites, the Hatfield and McCoy Dinner Feud, which is kind of a lighthearted and comedic take on the real-life feud be- between the Hatfield and McCoy families from many years ago. Um, but it's great. You get family-style dinner, southern cooking, and you get to watch an entertaining show that features some great music as well. Another one of my favorite shows is the Lumberjack Feud, and that is a show that features lumberjacks competing against each other, and it is so fascinating. Like These people are actually insanely skilled athletes that are sawing wood, climbing trees, even doing that log rolling stuff. And you get to watch them compete against each other. It's really fun. Now that show doesn't have dinner included with it, but right around the corner is Lumberjack Square, which has a bunch of different restaurants and places to grab a bite to eat or do some shopping as well. That sounds so cool. It is really cool. And again, it's there's stuff that you can do with your friends if you're 21 or over, but it's also very like family friendly too. So you can kind of do it how, whatever group you're with or whoever you're with, like family or your friends at an adult level. So it's really fun and there's something there for everyone. Pigeon Forge is also home to the famous theme park, Dollywood. 
Dolly, have you heard of Dollywood? Yes, that's, I've always wanted to go. So definitely adding this place to my, on my list. So that's awesome. It's it's really cool, and it's always gets awards. So there's different awards for like the best rides, different like you know the cleanest theme parks. They do really well, and it's just a well liked park. I think a lot of that has to do with um, the fact that again, like these towns there's something for everyone there's more mm-hmm. of those intense roller coasters but there's also a lot of stuff that are good for you know kids and and people who want to take it more easy and aren't fans of you know those thrilling roller coasters so there's something for are you everyone a fan of those? we have to ask are you a fan of the thrillers oh big fan my yeah. my favorite theme park is cedar point like we, I could go oh. into this on a different episode, but yeah. Cedar oh my Point. gosh. Well, I want to hear that episode because I've always wanted to go there as well. I love roller coasters, so that's that's so cool. Yeah, if you love roller coasters, Anne, you would love Dollywood um, because there's some there's a few. Like, there's a handful of good ones that will, you know, they're they're a blast. So definitely that's recommend so fun. The, yeah, that it. for you, for sure. Um, the park is centered around Dolly Parton, as you probably can assume from the title. And you'll you kind of learn about her and her story as you walk through the park. But the most revealing place that you can go about to learn about her and her story is the Chasing Rainbows Museum, which is located in the park. And it really showcases decades of stories, memorabilia, and interactive exhibits that are fo- focused on her and her career. So it's if you're a fan of Dolly Parton, it's a really neat place to check out. And you also get to learn that she's a huge philanthropist and she gives back a lot. One more place to mention, right next to Gatlinburg, you have Pigeon Forge. And then there's one more town called Sevierville, which has a lot of cool things to do in its own right as well. Um, If you're looking for a place to grab some solid breakfast, I would definitely recommend hitting up the Applewood Farmhouse Restaurant in Sevierville. It's really cool. So the Applewood Farmhouse is actually a working apple orchard. And they have a bunch of different things on the property. So like... They have a restaurant, they have a grill, they have a huge country store, they have a place where they like make all their candy and they sell candy. It's so cool. You could spend a couple hours here outside of eating breakfast, but it is really good wow. and definitely recommend checking the Apple the Applewood Farmhouse restaurant and the whole the whole area out as well because like I mentioned there's a few different things you can do that um, are just so unique and very eastern Tennessee. So Check that one yeah, out. Yeah, that definitely sounds awesome. I like that. I, I like how you put in the breakfast, though, because that is one of my favorite meals of the day. So the Applewood, so Applewood Farmhouse, you said? Yep, the Applewood Farmhouse Restaurant. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm I mean, they do say that. that they, say, they say breakfast is the most important meal of the day, so oh, why yeah. not? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, that whole vacation, that whole, uh, that whole trip probably was awesome because there's so many different things like you said a little bit for everyone and but yeah it definitely seems like Gatlinburg and the surrounding areas has a little bit of uh, something for everyone and I think you can't find that um, or you don't find that in a lot of destinations you know some are more family centered which is great or maybe more for the adult scene which is great Uh, but to find one where you can do a little bit of both I think is you know I mean us adults, we like to be kids sometimes too. I mean, at least that's what I that's what yeah. I like to do. So. <laughs> totally agree. And I'll mention one more quick thing before we get to your last stop, which I'm really looking forward to. But the the last time I was in Gatlinburg was last fall, and I noticed that they did a phenomenal job with theming. 
Um, like Anakista, when I was there, they had their whole fall theming out. And just the city really embraced that time of year. And apparently they do that throughout the year. So um, no matter when you go to Gatlinburg, you're going to get kind of feels of the season, which I think is really cool. Oh, yeah. It's all about the atmosphere. I think that's the biggest thing I've realized now from traveling, especially as an adult. It's all about the atmosphere. You can kind of paint that picture in your head even when you leave because you can just picture the theme that um, they've created for you. So that's really that's really interesting. And I, I can't wait to see it someday. So you and I have spent some time talking about cities primarily on like the east coast of the United States, but you're about to take us out west. What is your next city that you're going to mention? Yes. So my next city that I'm going to talk about is Tucson, Arizona. So I'm sure maybe most of you have heard of it briefly. You're probably most familiar with Phoenix, Arizona, Um, but Tucson is uh, the home to University of Arizona. Uh, in the south of Arizona, um, about, I would say it's about 100 miles or so from the Mexican border. Um, so, so it's a beautiful place in the, um, you know, in the valley with a bunch of mountains surrounding it. Um, you know, you're in the desert for sure. It's, it's hot when you're in the summer and it gets cold at night in the winter. Um, but it's one of my favorite places in the whole world. And I've been going there actually since I was nine years old um, or maybe 10 years old. And the reason is because my family and I have been going to a dude ranch there my whole life, pretty much. So a dude ranch, just real quick, is a working cattle ranch that has um, that has guests come stay there in their cabins, you know, eat the food they make and have fun by the campsite and that sort of thing. And the main attraction really is to ride horses. And so, um, you know, I've always loved riding horses growing up. You know, again, we've gotten to know the family that owns the ranch. Uh, the ranch is called the White Stallion Ranch and uh, very close to Tucson, right outside, just on the other side of the mountains. And again, it's just an amazing vacation. It's kind of like you were talking about. There's something for everyone, for adults, for children, for families, um, you know, for people wanting to just have a relaxing vacation. You can do that as well. So that's what brought me to Tucson. But the more I've gotten to explore, um, you know, outside of the ranch, um, the more I've really realized how much Tucson has to offer. Um, and there's a little bit of, uh, you know, something for everyone. So typically when we go to stay at this ranch, we go off um, off site on Sundays because that's the horse's day off. So um, a lot of times we'll go into town, just walk around. We'll go visit the University of Arizona's campus, you know, definitely a college town. Um, they say it's kind of a mini Austin, Texas. Um, so very um, artsy, eclectic, um, kind of quirky here and there, but um, ultimately really has a lot of the Southwestern vibes and um, very beautiful. Um, so in town, a really cool museum that we've gone to is the Pima Air and Space Museum. Um, and it's a huge, um, it's a huge muse- museum that's full of different um, aircraft and airplanes and different, you know, military uh, planes that they would have used, um, you know, back in the day. And just a lot of history, a lot of really interesting stories from, you know, pilots and that sort of thing. And you can just walk the whole campus and just a really cool, uh, you know, little treasure in the middle of the city. And um, we enjoyed going there um, and, you know, exploring that. Another museum is the Desert Museum, which is actually really 
just an outside zoo, but they call it the Desert Museum because it only features um, desert animals. So we used to love going there when we were kids, um, love to see, you know, all of the different <laughs> desert animals. And, um, you know, sometimes we would even come across them in the actual desert, but you, you know, learned enough to know to stay away from rattlesnakes and, you know, which ones you can and cannot approach and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, really educational and, you know, all jokes aside, it's very important to know, you know, the differences in snakes and the differences in, you know, um, poisonous animals and such out there. So, um, you know, you're really in the wild when you're out there riding and um, hiking and such. So, did you have a favorite um, desert animal that you like to see at the zoo or at the ooh, outdoor museum? Favorite desert animal? That's a good question. Um, ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would say the Gila monster. Um, it's a huge lizard. I know it's a weird answer, but they're really beautiful. They have really cool scales, but don't go near them because they are very poisonous. So they're not ones that you can hold and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I think they're they're really like weird. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably a bad answer, but um, I always am fascinated by them and they're huge. They're like well, you can't see, but they're, yeah, they're pretty big. So I think that's a great answer because it ties back into what you were saying about learning about the animals and, and the education factor as far as what's dangerous and what you should avoid and what's venomous or whatever. But it's good to Definitely. know that you probably don't want to get too close to these guys if you see them. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I try to stay away from, you know, snakes and lizards and that sort of thing if I can't identify them anyways. But <laughs> another thing that maybe most people have heard of, or um, at least people who are, are really into going to national parks is Saguaro National Park. Um, this is a huge national park, um, you know, really set in the mountains. So a ton of hiking. Um, we have gone on a couple hikes to Panther Peak and Safford Peak. Um, both of those actually back up to the ranch we go to. So we go on the ranch side up the mountain, but if you go through the park, there's actually a different trail on the backside of the mountain. So um, we've actually done, I think we've done Panther Peak from the backside as well. So you kind of get a different point of view. Both are pretty difficult hikes, I will say, but the view is unbelievable. You get to see the whole city of Tucson and pretty much as far as you can see. So um, would really recommend those hikes if you want something a little bit more active. And then on the other side of town, there's another mountain called Mount Lemon. That is the um, tallest mountain in town. And they actually have a really cute little ski village up at the top. So I know most people don't really think of skiing when you're in the desert, but um, you know, once it gets to be December, which is actually the time that we usually go, um, there's a ski village that opens up up there. And so um, they have a really cute cookie cabin that sells cookies and chili, and that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> we haven't actually skied there, but we've gone like sledding and walked through the snow and, you know, growing up and being from Florida, you know, that was pretty exciting and a highlight on the weekends once we were there. So about an hour and a half drive up to the top, but once you're there, really, really cute town and, um, you know, good, good amount of things to do. And um, when we come down from there, we usually hit up um, La Encantada, which is a really beautiful outdoor mall, um, lots of restaurants and shops, and uh, usually go again around uh, December Christmas time. So we do some last minute Christmas uh, shopping there and kind of take care of that before we head back to the ranch. Um, and then the last thing that I'll bring up, which is actually something that I never had heard of until my mom brought it up one year and we went, um, it's called the Biosphere 2. Um, I'm not sure if anyone's heard of that, but pretty much what it is, it's an enclosed greenhouse 
living quarters. And what happened was a group of people went in there and I believe they stayed in there for about a year and they just lived off of what they grew and what they made there. Um, you know, they raised uh, different livestock inside of the this like huge greenhouse enclosure. Um, and it literally looks like a dome, a glass dome in the middle of the desert. And it was really interesting. <laughs> I mean, from what I remember, it was just a really, um, you know, interesting museum that they've created, but also you can really picture where these people lived and worked and grew the crops and, um, you know, raised the livestock, et cetera. They showed you where they lived, where they slept. They showed you that they didn't have any um, contact with the outside world. They didn't even get, I don't even think they got newspapers. So they didn't really know what was going on on the outside. So very, you know, secluded. Um, one part of it literally looked like a rainforest. I mean, you walked through and I mean, it was just like you were in a rainforest. It was quite fantastic that they were able to build something like that inside. That was another really cool thing that I wouldn't have known was in the middle of the desert of Southern Arizona. Yeah, and it's extra unique because, like you just said, it's in the desert and it's a rainforest in, in certain parts, like you mentioned. So that's that's a really cool twist on it too. I do have a, a question about the Dude Ranch. So if someone visits you know, Tucson in the context that we're talking about, like for a weekend trip, and they want to do different things, is there still time for them? Can they still kind of experience the Dude Ranch in a shorter amount of time than what a typical stay for like you or your family might be? I'm not sure if there's like a one or two night minimum. Um, you may still have to go stay there um, just because everything that you do on on the ranch is in, like all inclusive. So, um, you know, definitely think that if you have a day or two extra, would of course recommend going to stay there. Again, like I said, one of my favorite places ever. Um, but there is a place right next to the Dude Ranch called um, the, I believe it's called the Tucson Mountain Stables. And they actually do um, trail rides for people wanting to go horseback riding that actually goes um, and you ride on the land of the Dude Ranch. So they have an agreement where you can go and, um, you know, ride on their land. And um, so you kind of get the same views that we do when we go to the ranch. But, um, you know, if you want to if you want to have that kind of an experience, always would recommend doing something like that. Very cool. Is there anything else Tucson related that you want to talk through or? You know, I mean, I think that's about it. Um, you know, I have a couple, uh, you know, restaurants I've been to, but in all honesty, I typically just eat at the ranch. I mean, again, like I mentioned, all inclusive and such. So um, there's a pretty good sushi restaurant and um, a pretty good just kind of American cuisine uh, restaurant. Um, but other than that, we haven't really done a ton of, um, you know, eating in the city and that sort of thing. So um, I'm going to maybe leave that up to all the listeners to uh, <laughs> research some places because we're usually used to just getting some really good barbecue and steak on the ranch. So <laughs> Very cool. Well, you kick things off talking about the city where your alma mater is, and I will end things talking about the city uh, where I went to school, which is Jacksonville, Florida. I went to UNF. So Jacksonville is a really cool place. It's growing quite rapidly and it's becoming a very young place to live. As as is many places around Florida, you see like Orlando where we live obviously is getting huge uh, and and bigger every single day. But it's a really nice place. It's next next to the coast, so you have the beach and it's also sort of like what I would consider more southern than many parts of Florida. Uh, you have just that southern feel and and you know, as you go west from Jacksonville, it kind of turns into the country a little bit. So that's really cool too. 
So you have those different aspects. If you're looking for a place to kind of do some shopping and spend some time, you should probably check out the St. John's Town Center. Um, and what that is, it's a huge outdoor mall with tons of shopping, dining, and entertainment. It really has like everything, and you could spend a bunch of time there. Um, but they also have really fun, entertaining things to do, like Top Golf. Um, they have iFly, which is the indoor skydiving that you can do. And they have some escape games that you can do as well. So it's just a really big place to spend a lot of time. There's plenty of places to grab a solid lunch or dinner. And yeah, it's, it's a, you'll find a little bit of everything there. Another family-friendly place that you might want to check out is the Jacksonville Zoo and Gardens. So north of it's this now this is north of downtown Jacksonville, um, and it's a 115-acre property that holds over 2,000 animals and a thousand plants. And the zoo does a really great job of educating you as you pass through the different exhibits. So you can actually purchase a general admission ticket to see all the exhibits, or you might want to spend a few extra bucks where you can buy the total experience ticket. And that would give you access to the 4D theater, the Jacksonville Zoo and Gardens train, and the wildlife carousel, which I think is a good ticket buy if you have kids with you. If you're in Jacksonville, why not go experience the beach? So I would recommend, you know, heading over to Jacksonville Beach, which is a beach, but it's also a town. And the city, or I guess the town of Jacksonville Beach, really embraces that beach life. There's some good places to, you know, go to the bar, uh, maybe do a little bit of shopping and just kind of walking around. And I definitely recommend stopping by one of my all-time favorite sub shops there called Angie's. It's really good. You won't regret it. One more final thing. I kind of did this with my other two destinations as well is I mentioned something that's kind of in the area, but not necessarily in the city. So if you have a couple extra hours, I highly, highly recommend you drive A1A South which is a scenic road to get to St. Augustine. Now, St. Augustine is claims to be like the oldest city in the country. It was founded in 1565, I believe, um, by Spanish explorers. And it's the longest continuously inhabited European settlement in North America. So you'll see a lot of the stuff from, you know, back in the day. You kind of see like the oldest schoolhouse, the oldest this and the oldest that. And you learn a lot of history about the early settlement. But what's really cool is they've preserved a fort, the Castillo de San Marco, uh, which is really cool to walk around. And like the a lot of other things we mentioned, they do a great job of kind of telling the history of that as well. I guess going back to what I started with with this is that drive down A1A South is just so beautiful. It, you get the coastline, but you also get to see a lot of like nature and then in certain parts, you get to see some really upscale homes. Yeah, so it's just one of my favorite like scenic drives to do. It's gonna take you a little bit longer, but for me, it's totally worth it. I was actually just gonna ask, if you had a day trip, where would you go? Because I love St. Augustine also. Definitely a great place. And you don't need too many, you know, you don't need too many days there um, or hours even. I mean, it's a pretty easy uh, walkable city and um, and that sort of thing. So that's that's really cool. And I, I don't think I've done the um, the fort before, maybe when I was a kid. So I'm going to for sure check that out. Um, definitely. But um, but going back to Jacksonville, just a quick question for you. Um, your campus, was that kind of downtown Jacksonville or was that closer to Jacksonville Beach? Um, what was that sort of campus life uh, like? The campus, I loved where the campus was located. So we're about 10 to 15 minutes from Jacksonville Beach. 
and it's as simple as just going east from our school. You'll get to the beach, but we're also we are also right next to the the St. John's Town Center, which is nice for a college kid to be in that environment. You can just like go and do some shopping at the huge mall right there, or you can head to the beach. And then downtown is just a little bit north from us, but not too far. So we were in a good sort of centralized location, even even though we weren't like central central as far as downtown was concerned. We weren't too far and we were close to everything we needed. So um, yeah, great location. And I'll, I'll throw this in too. If you're visiting UNF's campus, they are located on a nature preserve and there's some really cool trails that you can actually walk on campus. So you might see some gopher tortoises, um, some other wildlife, some birds. So that those are some pretty cool trails if you wanna get outside and get some extra steps in head over to the UNF campus and walk one of the nature trails. Very interesting. I like that a lot. I'm sure it's a very healthy campus. So if there's a lot of walking being done, very cool. And then my last question, um, you know, we've talked a lot about football. So there's obviously a football team there. Are you a fan of the Jags or? So I am not a Jags fan, to be honest with you. I like them. I root for them. They're not my main team. I'll say this. Okay. It's been a little rough for Jags fans in the last couple of years, they haven't been the best team, but they, they're a passionate fan base. Um, and they've stuck with their team through some of the rough times. And I think, I think good times are coming. They have recently added on to their stadium, this, uh, large outdoor amphitheater, uh, that hosts a lot of concerts every year. And there's a lot of pregame entertainment there as well. So the fan experience is getting better and better each year. And, um, yeah, good. If you're in town again, like the, it, it might not be quite as fun as a bills game. Um, but go catch, go catch the Jaguars. It'll be fun to watch a game for sure. Very cool. Definitely. It sounds like an awesome place to be. I haven't been to Jacksonville in quite a long time, so I'll have to head back up there. It's so close from Orlando anyways, but, um, but yeah, anything else you can think of that we might need to tell our uh, our listeners about you know traveling to these places um maybe you know if anyone has any ideas for um other cities you'd like us to talk about you know that'd be awesome to get feedback you know so i mean that's a great point um if you guys i guess i'll start by saying this a lot of the destinations we mentioned all of them really if you live close you can drive there if you if it's a bit of a ways you can fly there but it is a perfect way to spend a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, just take a, little, a couple days, get out, um, do some traveling because now's a great time to travel. If you guys do have any feedback or if there's anything you want me and Anne or me to cover on a different podcast, let me know. Like, DM me on Instagram. Let me know on Facebook. Uh, you can reach me at dbetravel1 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you guys to see if there's a destination you want us to cover more. I'd be happy to do it. And you're always invited as a guest if you ever want to help me cover a destination because I really appreciate your insight. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely always love talking and hearing your stories now, too. It's been really, really great because I've gotten some, you know, awesome ideas for heading up to Buffalo, Gatlinburg and Jacksonville. So I appreciate you uh, letting me uh, talk on here again. Absolutely. Thank you, Anne, for uh, dropping your knowledge. And you know what? I need to get up to Louisville to see uh, the Kentucky Derby. That is on one of my travel bucket lists. So 
um, definitely think you should go up there. It's a great um, trip to go with a bunch of people. Um, if you go on a bachelor, bachelorette trip, you always see, um, you know, people heading to the Kentucky Derby doing that as well. So it's a great, you know, great trip to go as a group. And, um, you know, again, whether you're in the, uh, the infield or up in Millionaire's Row. Cool. Now, Anne, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Before you leave, remind me where people or remind the listeners where you can be followed on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so my Instagram handle is travel underscore anywhere. Um, so it's uh, at T-R-A-V-E-L underscore A-N-N-I-E-W-H-E-R-E. So travel anywhere. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely always posting on there, all of my, uh, travel adventures. Perfect. Well, Anne, thank you for coming on the show and I look forward to chatting sometime soon. Me too. Thank you so much. A big DBE thank you to Anne for joining me this week. Make sure to follow her on Instagram at travel underscore anywhere. You can find a link to follow her right in the show notes. Everything DBE is available on the show's official website, dbetravel.com. A great way to support this podcast is to rate and review wherever you listen. And if you know somebody who likes to travel, tell them about Destinations Beyond Expectations. Well, that is all I've got for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have fun on your next weekend trip, no matter where you go. Enjoy your day, and I will talk to you soon.